So turn with me to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Um, I want to talk about Paul's visions here. There's a lot of this that's very, very prophetic. This is a very prophetic chapter of the first book of Timothy. And Paul is looking at uh, not only the timeless truth of Jesus, but he turns and looks at the immediate problems at hand in the church back then. Uh, And in the false teachings of Ephesus, was no surprise. And he predicts a betrayal of the gospel as Paul had foreseen this to happen. Uh, So when he says the Spirit expressly says, most likely these are warnings repeatedly given by Jesus, what he had heard Jesus tell him, uh, and the apostles of the dangers of false teachings. And so we're going to take a look at that. Um, But Paul's real concern uh, was not just about the teachers of these false doctrines, these doctrines of demons, uh, but for those who would be deceived by them. The teachers in verse 2 are referred to as liars. And so that's what Paul is immediately concerned with. Um, The latter times that we're going to look at is spoken of in regards to Jesus' resurrection and will continue until His return. So whenever you look at the Scriptures and it says, in the latter times, that means from the day that Jesus resurrected, until the day that Jesus comes back. The moment that Christ resurrected from the grave, we entered into the last days. That was an immediate propelling of humanity into last day prophetic times. Even though it's been a couple thousand years now, yet these are the end times that the Scripture speaks about. Now I want to, so considering this, remember when I read this to you, when it talks about the end times, remember from the time of Jesus' resurrection until the time that Jesus comes and takes us home. That's the time frame that it's talking about. So it's anywhere in between all that. Okay? Up to the time we're living right now. A lot of people says, well the end times is right before Jesus comes. Well, that's it. Messiah had come once, right? And fulfilled the prophetic Scriptures of the coming of the Messiah. Now the end times is the prophecy of Him returning again. And that's where we're at. And Jesus tells us that when this Gospel is preached to all peoples, right? That He would come again. That's what He told the disciples and they were making it happen because they evangelized nearly the whole earth before they all died. It's amazing to think that there are, according to biblical archaeology, there are apostles who are buried in Europe, near England. Mary Magdalene is allegedly, I believe, buried in England is where she's at. 
Thomas had made it as far as India. Okay? So they didn't stay right there in the Holy Lands. They tried to get out and evangelize the world. Why? So that Jesus would come back. That's why they did that. And they were obedient to His commands. They took the Gospel to everyone. They just didn't stick around. Now, some of the apostles made a decision to stay in Jerusalem and watch over the Jerusalem church. Okay? And that was fine. But the others left. So, as far as France and England and Germany and India is where they ended up. Now, listen to this. I love the books of 1st and 2nd Timothy. It was Paul's last instructions as he was imprisoned and was awaiting execution. And he knew that he would never get out of there alive. And so he was depending on Timothy to take over his responsibilities, so to speak, in watching over the church. And this is what he said to him. The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times, remember that, that's the time from Jesus' resurrection to right here where we're at right now, some will abandon the faith, listen, and follow deceiving spirits, things that are taught by demons. I want to stop right there just for a second. And I want to talk to you about that, that particular verse right there. Okay, verse 1. Doctrines of demons. Things taught by demons. Let's, let's grab a hold of that for just a second. Paul's not calling the people teaching this demons. What he's talking about is these deceiving spirits, okay? Demonic teachings. People teaching things who's influenced by demonic spirits. People who's teaching things that are from hell and not heaven. Do you understand? This is deceiving spirits. These are people who are being influenced by Satan to teach doctrines of the devil. What kind of doctrines is that? Well, we'll listen to some of these. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars. So this is what I'm, the, the point I'm making. He talks about hypocritical liars. That's the people. But the people doing the preaching of these false doctrines are getting their, getting their information not through God like a called preacher like myself does, but through satanic influence that they preach. When a preacher stands before you under the anointing and he's getting the words that God's giving him to preach to you, that is from heaven, that is truthful, that is holy, that is what God set up. But there are preachers who are not preachers been called by God, but preachers who have been influenced to stand in the pulpit, influenced by the devil himself to lead people astray. This is what concerned Paul greatly. That these hypocritical liars and you, you see this in the church today. You see people talking about this is your best life now. This is not your best life now. It's, if this is your best life now, then we have no hope whatsoever. Because death reigns here. Hurt reigns here. Pain reigns here. Sin reigns here. This is not our best life now. 
Our best life is when Christ comes and takes us home and we are forever in heaven, totally sanctified, set apart, salvation is completed, and we are never sinning again. That's your best life now. But these hypocritical liars are getting influenced by demons to teach these things. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars. Listen, whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. So when they stand up here and they talk to you, now listen, I've known these kind of people. You go to these churches and they stand up here and they tell you what you want to hear because they don't want to lose you. They don't want to lose your tithes. They don't want to offend you. They just tell you what your ears want to hear and never tell you what God has to say. They never preach on sin. Because they're afraid of their congregation. These are people who stand in front of their congregation and pickpocket them. Take their money from them. Make, as the Scripture calls it, uh, fleecing God's flock and making gain of them. My father told me who was not saved at the time told me that he knew an evangelist who was doing an outside, I believe they were at a revival and I believe it was a tent revival. And the man come to my dad and dad was there just honestly coming to church. Dad said it really blew his mind when this guy came up to him and said they were going to go hunting on a hunting trip right after this guy preached this revival. The guy said, I'll get this trip paid in full here in just a minute. You see that lady right over there? I'm going to go and prophesy to her and she's going to give us money and we'll, go, we'll be able to go and do our trip. Now imagine being told that by someone who calls himself a preacher. And so this preacher went over there and he got in front of this woman and he, and he prophesied to her and he knew that she had money and he, she, he knew, knew that she would give to him and his ministry and she did. And there you go. You would not believe the preachers and evangelists who do that today. Every time you turn the television set on, everybody's asking for money. If God's in, the, in it, they wouldn't have to ask. Right? I don't, you know, my, 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 my father also tells me that, uh, you know, the preachers, where they go, every service they preach on tithes and offerings. I said, I haven't done that in years, Dad. If God wants to take me out, He'll take me out. If God wants to build me up, He'll build me up. And that's the way I look at it. But these deceiving spirits do just that. They want to keep you in the flesh. They don't want you to get into the Spirit. They don't want you to, to know Christ. They don't want you to know spiritual freedom and being set free and saved and delivered and being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. They don't want you to have that. So they direct your attention to your pocketbook, your best life today, your new car, your new home, your bank accounts, how to make yourself more prosperous on this earth. That's what these doctrines of demons do. They keep you in the flesh. They think doing fleshly things is doing God's service. They say if you have a million dollars in your bank account, you're blessed. That the blessings of God is on you. 
When in all actuality, Satan has the ability to give you that too. And the Bible goes on to say that a man is not blessed in accordance with the abundance of the things in which he possesses. I can't look. Look, some of the most wicked people that's ever lived were vastly, vastly, vastly millionaires. They were, they were enormously prosperous. Adolf Hitler, would we call him blessed, Janet? No, but he was a very rich man. So uh, th this must have been his best life now. All the other antichrists and anti-Semites that have come along, all through the ages, all the Caesars of Rome, are they blessed? No. Absolutely not. So possessions mean nothing. Only if you possess Christ. But listen to what some of this says. <clears throat> Such teachings come through hypocritical liars. A hypocritical liar is someone who says something and then does something else. Okay? Whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They have no conscience about what they're doing. They have no conviction. And I want everybody who hears this podcast as well as this church to hear the word conviction. You should have convictions. Convictions is things that keeps you straight. Convictions is I can't cross that line because I feel terrible if I do that. That's convicted of that. If you have no convictions and you have no conscience, convictions should keep you from cheating someone out of money. Convictions should keep you from cursing. Convictions should keep you from getting drunk. Convictions should keep you from, from stealing. Convictions do that. And one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to convict you of wrongdoing. And that is shepherding you back. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The shepherd's rod was to goad the sheep back onto the right trail. And sometimes it hurts real bad to be goaded. As a matter of fact, Jesus told Saul, the Apostle Paul, on his first experience with Christ, he said, it is hard for you to kick against the pricks. And what he's talking about is the end of that goad. The end of that shepherd's staff had a sharp point to it and they would goad them things and man, it'd make a move. And that's what Jesus was doing to Saul. Boy, it hurts, doesn't it? This conviction, boy, this, this is really hard for you, isn't it? Conviction. If you have no convictions, you have no conscience, and sin reigns in your heart. It's a very dark thing. And these people can stand up in front of congregations of thousands and puke out their lies and feel no regret for it at all. And then people buy into it left and right. So the Scripture says, whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Listen, here's some of the doctrines that come from demons. They forbid people to marry. Have you ever known of a religion that for, forbid its priests to marry? That is a doctrine of demons coming through the Catholic Church. And order them to abstain from certain foods. Folks, this was 2,000 years ago that this was preached. Fish on Friday, anybody? And you can't eat this and you can't eat that? 
Sound like doctrines of demons? Now this is the Apostle Paul in prison in Rome 2,000 years ago telling this to us today. That demons is the ones who influence this kind of teaching. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving. One of the problems that they were having back in this day is this was Jewish people. Jewish people only eat certain food. There was a dietary law. And so when the Jews began to get saved and they started to venture out to the Gentiles, the Gentiles was out there eating eating hog sandwiches, pulled pork, you name it, pork chops, right? Pickled pig's feet, cow tongue, you name it. The, the, the Gentiles was out there just massacring all kinds of hog troughs of all kinds, right? And then when as the Jewish people began to go out, they're saying, man, I can't eat that. I'm not going to eat that. And they began to make a difference between themselves and the Gentiles in which they were getting, trying to lead to Jesus Christ. This is why the Apostle Peter had the vision of the blanket coming down from heaven with all the different animals on it. And God says, do kill and eat. Thank God for hunters, right? Amen. Thank God for people that shoot the critters and eat them. Kill it and grill it. That's always been my motto. Peter, it's okay when you go into that Gentile's house, if they offered you a pulled pork sandwich, eat it, son. Pray, I'll bless the food. Forget your law. You're under grace now. You're in the end times. And so they would have all these preachers. And this is where these doctrines come from, Janet. This is They have crept into the modern day church from even way back then. These False preachers, these hypocritical liars whose doctrines was from demons, would go around and they'd say, listen, if you're a real Christian, you're not going to violate the law that says for us not to eat hog meat. You're not going to do that. God's up in heaven saying, oh yes, you will. All things can be eaten now that Christ has come. All things can be eaten. So now what have we done? Years Decades, decades later, millennia later, now it's into the church, and now there's whole, uh, the Catholic Church has based their whole doctrine on this one doctrine of demons. Eat this, don't eat this. Bow to this statue, kiss this ring, call this man father. All these things are things that we're not supposed to do. These are all doctrines of demons that are exactly opposite of what we're supposed to do. I'm not trying to bash. I'm just stating facts. These are facts. Okay? This is what happens. Listen to this. For they forbid people to marry in order to abstain from certain foods which God created. This is verse 3 of chapter 4 of 1 Timothy. To be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. In other words, you're supposed to eat it all. Eat everything is okay as long as you ask God's blessing on it. And that's why it's so very important to pray before you eat. Listen, verse 4. For everything God created is good. Like that turtle, out that snapping turtle in the pond. You can eat that sucker. It is consecrated by the Word of God and prayer. When you go to eat, 
ask God's blessing on it, consecrate the food in the name of Jesus Christ, and God says, chow down, folks. Yes. That's right. Verse 6, I like this right here because it's what I'm doing. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, listen, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. It is my job to point this out to people. There will be, be a lot of people who will listen to this podcast. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's, he's picking on someone else. No, I'm being a good minister following the Word of God and trying to tell people that there are doctrines out there that have come from hell and don't follow them. Listen to this. Man, this, this, is, this is pretty tough stuff right here. I don't know if we can take it. Verse 7 says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Don't listen to myths and old wives' tales. Well, if you eat that, you'll grow ten warts on your left finger. Right? We've all heard wives' tales. Right? Touch that frog and you're going to get 16 warts on your elbow. Right? No, I'll kill that frog and eat his legs. That's what Jay does. I'll strip that skin right off them suckers, man, and eat them right now in a frying pan. They are good. They're delicious. Delicious. The biggest, ugliest bullfrog you can ever see has got the most tasty legs you've ever ate. Well, that sounds terrible in a church, but I'm just saying. That's that they're absolutely delicious. Yeah, they, Linda says they do not taste like chicken. I, you know, no, they don't really. They got to taste all themselves. You know, they jump around in a frying pan and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Listen to this. This is for all of us who like to work out. The Apostle Paul says this to Timothy. For physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So you don't worry so much, he's saying, about your physical body. Yes, it's good to take care of yourself. But listen, spend more time exercising the spiritual you by reading the Word of God, by prayer, by obedience to Jesus Christ, because not only does it have a value for the present life you live in, but in eternity it will decide where, where you go, either to heaven or to the flaming, burning hell beneath our feet. And when we get a hold of that, we'll spend, more, we'll spend less time with the barbells. Listen to this. Verse 9, this is so important to walk through the Word together. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. What I just read to you. That is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all people and especially those who believe. Listen to what Paul tells me to do here. Command and teach these things. He says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, 
but set an example for the believers in speech, conduct, in love, faith, and purity. And until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and teaching. Exactly what I'm doing to you and with you right now. This is what the Apostle Paul commanded Timothy the pastor. And you can just put my name in there. Jay, Brother Jay, do this. Because it's what we're supposed to be doing from the pulpit. Listen. And I'm going to finish out chapter 4. And this is going to be just a quick run through with this. This is nothing really super deep. He says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of the Scripture, to preaching and teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of the elders laid their hands on you. It is so important of the laying on of the hands. The prophecy that was given to you, the, the, the gift that was given to you, my gift is preaching and teaching the Word of God. The gift of discernment. A word of knowledge. These things are gifts of mine. And we are to exercise the gifts. If I was a guitarist, but yet I never played the guitar, and we have just recently moved and I've not been able to play that much, I will be rusty when I bust that back out again. I need to practice my gifts. Because they are a diminishing skill unless you use them. Just much like your study skills. If you remember way back in the day when we were, when we were all in school, how much better we were at reading and comprehension and taking notes and taking tests and remembering what it was that we read because we exercised that. We had spent years doing it all through our all through our youth getting a little break in the summer and hitting it again all the way up until we were 18 years old and that's why that you have a hard time reading a lick right now is because you ain't done it no more. And you write like a kindergartner because that's you you lost the you've lost the skill. But in order to be able to communicate effectively you have to use it or you will lose it. He says this. Be diligent in these matters. Colon. This is what to be diligent in. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and watch the doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Did you guys hear that? We keep getting text messages coming through here and I can't turn it down. But it says here, watch your life and the doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Watch the doctrine. Doctrine is what? What you believe. What we know the truth is. What Jesus Christ taught us about how to get to heaven. About how to live for God. That's the doctrine. And watch your life. That it matches the doctrine. And then if you do that, and you want to save your family, you'll save yourself. And you'll save people that hear you because they'll know you're not 
a hypocritical liar.